listeners, you're listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies. I'm Sarah Cho. And I'm Sam Collier. And we got a great show today. But first, we want to do a special shout out to John from Amsterdam. He sent us this awesome, lovely note. So shout out to you, uh, especially on your recent run of the B Word Strategies for a grace- Graceful Exit. We love hearing from listeners. So thank you so much. Yeah. It makes us feel less alone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I It's so funny because like one of the first things I do is I'm like looking at my emails, emails, and I, I have Beckett's baby's email. And so usually it's like junk mail through that <laughs> because yeah. I like signed up with all the socials and stuff. And then I would like delete, delete, delete. I see oh, a real email. And it's always such a nice surprise. I get blown away about the feedback to the show, about us. And he's from Amsterdam. I was like, oh. So cool. I I was like, we're international. Or international. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. So so today we're going to be talking about beginnings. Um, Sarah and I were thinking that the be- the beginning of a play can be um, complicated to write, but often is like the most memorable part of a play, I mm-hmm. think. And that mm-hmm. um, the beginning tells you a lot about what, what you're about to see. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's really easy to write and sometimes it's really hard to write. But I know that when I'm thinking about the play as a whole and trying to decide how should I start it becomes harder because there's more pressure yeah right to get it right and mm-hmm. yeah so so what are beginnings and um beginnings for me I I think I right when you when you have an idea mm-hmm. and it's like oh I know what this idea this concept is for some reason I think the beginning becomes pretty easy for me. Like I just mm-hmm. go, oh, I, I know where the setting is. I think I know where it is I want to start from. But then there are days where I'm just like, I'm just looking at a blank page. Like I, yeah. I have no concept, no nothing. And I'm like, what is what is the first sentence going to be? Um, or like even my sketch writing or everything. Like I'm like sitting there. I'm like, what's the first line of this joke going to be? What's the setup to this punchline going to be? Yeah, it's... It's some, it's a, it's interesting beast, I say. (laughs) It feels like it's both really esoteric and also just Mm -hmm. really mundane at the same time. Like, yes. When we were in grad school, one of our professors was telling us about structure and said, you know, every play has a beginning, middle, and an end. Well, what is a beginning, middle, and end? And then he read to us from Aristotle's Poetics in which Aristotle writes, a beginning is something before which there is nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, basically, the beginning is the first thing, I guess. And And then he went on to say, an ending is something after which there is nothing. And a and a middle is something before which there is something and after which there is something. And of course, all of this was written in Greek, so that's a a rough translation. Yeah. So, so we got nothing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's the like the mundane part of it is like a beginning mm-hmm. is just the first thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. what comes first. 
But then mm-hmm. the more mysterious aspect of it, it's your introduction to the story and the characters and how do you mm-hmm. decide what the first moment should be and what does that first moment tell you and mm-hmm. how do you know it's the first moment? Um, how do you choose? Also, to me, beginnings, I feel like it's always sets something we all know. It's very familiar. Like, yeah. oh, here's a coffee shop. There's a waitress, customers. We know this. Yeah, we know this, and then as feel like as playwrights, where could what can we where can we go from here, mm-hmm. and take a wild ride? Ooh, I here. like that. I really right. like that because you're saying it sounds to me like what you're saying is we have to start with the world we know, and then from there go somewhere surprising. Right, and let's see our poll. <laughs> yeah, we I, polled you, we polled you guys on Instagram. Yeah. And 75% of you all said it's super hard to write the beginning. And 25% of you said it's easy. (laughs) What does that tell us, do you think, Sarah? How do you feel feel about those results? (laughs) I just, those 25%, I was like, "Mm, you guys, what? What, Why is it so easy? How, How is it so easy for you all? Is it because... Um, you're clever are you clever all the time and you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made me think though I mean sometimes I feel that the beginning is the easiest part to write like it only gets harder from there because when you're writing the beginning there there's nothing to lose like you haven't done anything yet so yeah you can write anything right but that's also what makes it so hard yeah if we're going with the idea I just said that if we start from a familiar place yeah, like we know a lot of familiar places. We know a lot of stories that start from that place. So, what makes the beginning of a play memorable? For me, it's images. Like if you see an image that um, really captures your attention and makes mm-hmm. you want to find out more about that story. It's well, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, yeah, you you start with the familiar, but then I think the sooner you can turn the familiar into something surprising. Mm-hmm. That makes the beginning more compelling to me. Right. I don't know. What about you? I think about those writing tips that we probably all heard is like, don't start, like start in the middle of mm-hmm. an action mm-hmm. when you write. And so or start I think, late. Or start late. You write. Mm-hmm. So I think about plays that a couple just running on stage starts screaming at each other. <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? You know, and like, yeah. what is happening to these people? And then you're like, and then the information slowly evolves and, and you get to know like, oh my gosh, oh, he is a Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, Whoa. I don't know. Like, you know, something like, oh, you start, yeah. it'll start to unravel. So that's like the uh, beginnings where there's some, yeah, where you say like mystery and I'm kind of like playing a little bit of detective, like what is going on here? Like, would you say that um, if you immediately are asking a question, that makes the beginning memorable. You said, mm-hmm. you said the couple runs on stage shouting, and you're thinking, "What's going on here?" So it, it makes you mm. ask a question. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's so it's not so much images, and I and I've seen like great productions where um, the director just had this like sets like this beautiful opening, like lights and sound, and you're like, "Whoa!" You know, we're <laughs> intense, mm-hmm. and like it's but it's sometimes like the most simple, like none of that elements, mm-hmm. and I, it's just like when the character just runs on stage and yelling so if you're a type of writer that likes yelling <laughs> like me 
uh kudos i'm thinking about hamlet in the opening scene of hamlet um and if and of course because i saw a production of it when i was a teenager um that's the production that sticks in my mind Mm -hmm. i think it was at the shakespeare theater um in dc but so that first scene of these guards at night asking each other if they've seen a ghost again like or you're waiting for the ghost or who is the ghost it you know has it appeared again in my mind that's such a powerful beginning because you immediately want to know like who's this ghost and and are we about to see the ghost and then lo and behold Shakespeare gives us the ghost you know but he Mm. doesn't say anything and so it's that kind of mystery and Mm -hmm. questioning of like why is this ghost showing up and and how are these guards reacting to the ghost that creates that that question yeah. that I think you're talking about. Then I think about musicals when I saw oh, the yeah. Temptations mm-hmm. musical mm-hmm. in Amundsen Theater. And then they play like the the one we all know and love at the beginning. And there's like a big dance number, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of spectacle. It, and that's, a, I would say, like a really good visual there too. It's like yeah. everyone had this choreography. Yeah. Spectacle, I think, can make a really good yeah. beginning. Hmm. What are okay. some other beginnings that you have seen that really really stick out in your mind? Another one I really liked, it was at the um, the Geffen Playhouse in Westwood. And I think mm-hmm. I mentioned on this show, well, I think I told this, sto- this story when I watched the show with my fiance and everyone was loud and crazy in there. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a long day's journey into night, Eugene O'Neill. And the beginning, it was very, very cinematic. Like, it moved like a movie. We were, oh, wow. all the characters sort of like walking into the house and then the lights and then the wind blowing. It was like, it felt. Was the wind opening. a sound or how? It was a sound and like a physical like wind that was coming into on the sides of the stage. Really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. And, it, and it, like, it felt like a like an opening of a, of a movie. You know, you're seeing these characters, like this woman, there's a house and a cliff in the Connecticut or, you know like by the ocean, you know, you're like, it's, mm-hmm. it, it really felt cinematic. So that's another opening early light. But that's the thing too, right? It's like, we, we could write the, the, the play, but when the director kind of like takes it, like translates it. Yeah. Translate to the stage, how that, this might actually visually look, it becomes like a whole different thing. So I think that as writers, well, how do we like even give that tone, that mood? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that this is how we would like to be translated. Do you have an answer for that? I don't know. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I guess I think stage directions can be really useful in Mm -hmm. that sense that your opening stage directions. um, I do this more, I think, in some plays than in others, but. Your opening stage directions can give a sense of the the mood and the tone that you're mm-hmm. setting for the piece mm-hmm. before anybody starts talking. Right. And I'm not talking about like really long descriptive stage directions where you're saying like this chair is brown and a ladder back chair and is set stage right and slightly askew. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't mean that kind of thing. I, I mean um, you can use metaphor and um, – kind of sensory 
details to evoke the feeling of the opening image mm-hmm. before any of the action begins, just as a way in for the for the director. So why is it so important? Why are beginnings so important? I guess, I mean, I feel like that's another question for Aristotle. I guess it's I guess it's important because without the beginning, there is nothing. <laughs> but then in terms of like why why it matters to have one beginning and not a different beginning. Maybe because uh, you know the wrong beginning can really confuse the play, maybe. Yeah. Like do you ever you wrote the beginning and you wrote you finished your play and then you go back to the beginning have you, and change it and change it because maybe I think yeah yeah you know I can think of a couple of situations where I started with a scene and then I went back and put a monologue at the beginning mm-hmm. from one character this is actually a question I had for you Sarah I mean I think for the most part the beginning is the first thing I write of the play mm-hmm. like I start with the beginning and I move forward mm-hmm. And I pretty much write the play, the scenes of the play in order. Mm. And I might go back and move a few things around or reorder things, but I don't typically like write scenes all kind of out of order and then decide what order they're going to go in. Mm-hmm. Although actually with my play 100 Circling Camps, which I wrote for the Goodman Playwrights Unit, that one was really different. I really did. With that one, I tried several different beginnings. So what about you? I think I'm similar. I do start from the beginning and I kind of work my way scene after scene after scene after scene. And Mm -hmm. if something surprising happens during that writing process that I was like, oh, that I feel is important, I want to make sure that the beginning – informs it or kind of yeah like it it um because i something about the beginning it's and this is something i, I started to realize most recently because when you write tv pilots you write the cold open and the cold oh, open yeah. is like you're setting up up to three storylines you know almost like it's like this weird thing and it's like this formula of how the episode is gonna play out in a way and so I'm like thinking and then so when I look at my plays I'm like okay these first three pay four pages or the beginning if I meant if a character mentions mentions a character or some reason I mean you know and that and there's some weight to it I should probably Mm -hmm. like have that character later or come back to that character or like or maybe not, but like there's just something like there's all this information there that and I feel like good writers, they like they're they're not wasteful. They're like mm-hmm. are to mine every information and just like extract it in all its possibilities. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily happen in the first draft. That seems no, like no right. It exactly. happens in revision. Right. Yeah. can you talk more about the cold open? Because I didn't know that that it is supposed to set up yeah it could set up three different stories it's it's like it's different because it depends right it's like there's um with like a network show you have multiple act breaks because of commercials 
<laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But like a traditional, like a sitcom for a network show, you got a cold open, first act, second act, third act, maybe fourth act, and then uh, the tag. So what's the tag? Tag is like, it's like very short, you know, it's like right before the, the credits roll. You know, oh, and then, so it's like the thing where they make you wait through one more round of commercials, and then yeah, it comes back and, and they're like, like <laughs> yeah, on like a Friends episode, like Joey, did you eat my pie? Like, yeah, I did. Right. Commercial, and, like the <laughs> and then, then yeah. there's a credit. You know, like, oh, it's so like annoying. it's like a joke that we heard, like a it's a setup to something from earlier, and then it's like a callback to that moment. You know, it's like almost, uh-huh. it's so formulaic. Like it's like, so it's figuring that out, but that cold open. I'm, like if you think about I'm trying to think of some episode but it's like let's just like let's say the main character is having a problem and then mm-hmm. they're like I need to solve this problem in this next 30 minutes you know <laughs> you know it's like I have this problem and like well, well and then this character just takes action to solve that problem and then you get like a side character that's like they have their the kind of side problem but all sort of supposed to like thematically mean something all these storylines maybe they're like a different angle to looking at that problem because sometimes Mm -hmm. they start because what you want to kind of do is like by the third or fourth act all the storylines are kind of weaving or somehow mashed together and they meet together and it's like oh you know like you you solved my problem. And then there's a new problem, but that's been solved too. You know, it's, <laughs> it's all like coming so to easy. Me. So you think, right. Um, so the, yeah, that, so that cold open and it's typically three pages max. Okay. But mm-hmm. less. I, it's like, I always think of it now I've been thinking of it as like a short sketch. Cause it's like, it kind of is, but that's, and so it's like three pages and, it's a, it's, I don't like it, but it's like important to, like, it's an exercise I do now. It's like, yeah. I do that because now with so much TV, like streaming and ways to watch TV, sometimes you don't, there's no, there's really no commercial breaks. Sometimes it's just like a full 30 pages. I mean, those, the structure is there like a cold open first to second end, but they're all, they're not as distinct as before. They're kind of like mm-hmm. all blending. Do yeah. you feel like that um, concept of the cold open is transferable to playwriting? Um, I, th- I think so. Like the, it's like the first, what do you think is the first five pages of a play or the, hmm. the first, even the first on the first page? Mm-hmm. Um, but right, I think it with play on the stage, you can tease it out more. Like it's yeah. not because there's no commercial breaks. There's no like intermission every ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So you can right. kind of tease that cold open idea further out. So I feel like it's kind of like up to the maybe even like the inciting incident. Like mm-hmm. that becomes that would be like the cold open equivalent. Mm-hmm. maybe because people are stuck there mm-hmm. they, can't, they can't just change the channel <laughs> right right that'd be the future mm-hmm. of theater where they're like i'm gonna pause this <laughs> they're like i'm going to the bathroom and then everybody just has to wait that's the way 
Well, but maybe it will all be like virtual reality and everybody's watching the play through their own oh, that sounds headset. horrible it does sound horrible i'm oh really sorry God. i ever said it that is horrible no you, you said it and now someone's gonna hear this and they're like i'll be that person <laughs> to do it oh god <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it exists um, we did you uh, when i went to we did something right like a vr experience <gasps> oh my gosh we, we did, did do that we, like at uc davis yeah uc davis there was this vr experience it was shakespeare Shakespeare. right we pick our characters our avatar and there was the line (laughs) for the play and we both like reacted like reenacted the whole scene oh my and we (laughs) you could be a ghost you could be like a uh an alien (laughs) you could be i think were we doing we were doing like a scene from romeo and juliet or something romeo and juliet i think like one of us was tybalt we were fighting each other yeah Right. Wow, I forgot about that. That's different though, because the the idea behind that is like to take it into classrooms and mm-hmm. and, and te- make teaching Shakespeare more interactive. Right. But you know what capitalism does? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Um, I think I want to share some examples of beginnings of a play and there's this one that i actually really like it's the clean house and i'm just gonna read the first part it's act one one matilda i think that's her name mm-hmm. she says, matilda tells a long joke in portuguese to the audience we can tell she is telling a joke even though we might not understand the language she finishes the joke she exits and that's a stage direction i love that yeah that's fantastic. So you're like, so you imagine just like a woman just enters the stage, starts telling a joke in Portuguese, and you're like, I don't understand. I don't know Portuguese. Unless you speak Portuguese. Unless you speak Portuguese, right. In which case, you get to have this special experience mm-hmm. that the non-Portuguese speaking audience members don't get. Right. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But but we were speaking about how the playwright can give the director um, – a sense of what they want without necessarily saying specifically. And that's kind of cool because then the director and the actor can decide what the joke will be. Mm, Yeah, you're right. It doesn't say what the joke is. Yeah. So it could be different in every production. Oh my gosh. What if they just decide to do like a half hour long joke? I mean, (laughs) do you think so Sarah, Sarah Mm -hmm. rules the playwright. Mm -hmm. Do you think she would stop that? I feel like she wouldn't. I feel like she'd be like, go for it. Because the lines, you know, it said, tells a long joke in Portuguese to the audience. We don't know how long. What does that mean? Yeah. And so, like, we can tell she's telling a joke, even though we might not understand the language. So I kind of also imagine, as a performer, too, like, you're telling a joke. Because <laughs> maybe because if you don't know Portuguese, maybe you'll get that she's telling a joke. The mm-hmm. way she's, like, physically telling it or being her mannerisms or <laughs> i would just like bring a, a like a mic and like open uh-huh. mic. well yeah laughter is a good way to start mm-hmm. the play beginnings are f- i like funny beginning yeah. funny beginnings are good that's my advice yeah playwrights but then i'm also thinking about um one fleece spare by O'Neill wallace where she starts mm-hmm. um this is one of the first productions i saw in college and she has this 12-year-old girl character named Morse who's alone on stage. And the play opens with this monologue. And the first line is, what are you doing out of your grave? 
and that first line has always st- stuck with me as like a really powerful um, beginning. It's about the bubonic plague. Oh my God. And it's about mm-hmm. this family that's quarantined in this house and nobody can leave. Um, and just that image of this young girl who has seen all of these people die. And I think she's, if I remember correctly, I think she's saying to the audience what has been said to her. What are you doing out of your grave? And just that creepy kind of haunting line sets the tone for the whole play. So that's a case in which it's really the language more than the image. You know what everyone should do is just what? like go to a bookstore or, li- or a library, go to the fiction section and read the first sentence of every book. Ooh. Yeah. If you have time, do it. <laughs> Tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah do that tell us in the comments there was this class that i took like the first two weeks uh was when we were at iowa and it's called like the sentence oh yeah and 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 then you dropped it but it it. sounded so cool it it was really cool i ended up dropping because of time but i it was there was an exercise that she did too was like she read the um the back of a book the mm-hmm. description, and she all told us, what do you think is the first sentence of this book would be? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was like a, whoa, was like, that's a fun exercise. I, I wrote really horrible sentences. It'd be fun to do that with plays. Like, what do you think the first line of this play would be? Yeah. And then just use that to start your own play. Yes. Okay. Done. Check. I am going to do that this week. <laughs> Sarah, what's what do you think is considered the beginning is it the first page is it the first 10 pages does it include the inciting incident or is it the part before the inciting incident i think from what i said earlier is when a place starts a familiar place and and as soon as it changes Mm -hmm. i kind of beginning is over i feel like it is and then know. we've gotten into like middle territory. Yeah. But then we're thinking like, oh, but here is the beginning. Okay. So we have the first act. Mm-hmm. Is that the beginning? <laughs> or is it oh, within, gosh, that, I don't know. within that first act, the first before the inciting incident? Is that the beginning? Well, how many acts are there? Because in two acts, I would say no. That mm-hmm. first act is more than the beginning. Mm-hmm. The first act is the beginning and the part of the middle. Mm-hmm. But if it were a five-act play, mm. then I would say, yes, act one is the beginning. What about a 10-minute play? Oh, gosh. In a 10-minute play, I think like no more than the first two pages can be the beginning. Because mm. by page three, something something ha- should be happening. Complex- complexifying. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? What's the word I'm looking uh, for? Complicate. Something should be complicated. complicated. Yeah. yeah, complicates yeah. The, the the story. Okay. All right. That's, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Well, again, listeners, we want to hear what you guys think too. So mm-hmm. what do you think is the beginning of play? I mean, I could sit here and think about it for hours, but... I'm not going to do that because I have errands to run today. <laughs> but I think I'm like, fine. what do you think, Sarah? If you're thinking about like the errand of grocery shopping, mm. what's the beginning of that errand? Oh my gosh. Um, getting out of my car, 
walking to the storefront, grabbing a cart, getting a hand wipe to sanitize because I live in a filthy city, throwing the hand wipe. And then as soon as I walk into the grocery store. What about the part before that where you're thinking about what you need to buy? The the car ride? <laughs> yeah, or ride? or like or like the like two days before when you're like, oh, when I go to the grocery store, I really need to buy bananas. Mm. So like I'm like, does that m- count as the beginning? List? Okay, so I guess as soon as I think that I, okay, <laughs> no wait wait wait, I open my fridge. There's nothing <laughs> inside, and I'm like, I need to go to the grocery store. I make my list. I'm writing what I need, mm-hmm. and. I get into my car, I drive to the grocery store, get the cart, hand sanitizer because the, the city <laughs> is filthy, throw away the hand sanitizers, and then I walk into the grocery store. That's the beginning. Got it. Right? Okay. And then I, and then the whole middle is like not finding what I need like ever at <laughs> <laughs> the grocery store. Okay. I heard this really crazy thing. Apparently... Amazon and Walmart, I don't know if Amazon's included in this, but I think it is, and Walmart. Walmart is pioneering this technology, apparently, where um, they're they're creating these sensors on shopping carts that will sense your heart rate through your hands and will figure out if you're feeling stressed out. And then if you're feeling stressed out because you can't find what you need, they will send, it'll like this intelligent system will alert a staff person to come find you no 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 is that creepy so creepy i don't uh i don't want these machines knowing how i feel and think every second of my life you're gonna have to wear gloves to the grocery store oh my gosh i don't know no, so weird. Ugh, <laughs> I know, it's awful. Oh my god! All right, let's move on to glistens. Unless that was your glisten, okay. that was horrifying. <laughs> um, no, my glisten is. I heard a, I read it in the New York Times about this little rural town in Korea, in South Korea, where um, they didn't have any first graders. They didn't have any children who were the right age to start first grade. And they were worried the school was going to have to shut down. But then they decided to invite these grandmas who live in the town who never learned to read or write to um, be the first grade class. And so this story was about these women who are grandmas whose grandchildren go to the school and are in like second grade or third grade. And they ride on the bus with them and then they go to the first grade classroom and learn reading and writing. I love it so much. Such a beautiful story. Yeah. And I was telling Sam earlier before we started recording about my grandmother, how she didn't go to school and she taught Mm -hmm. herself how to read and write. And then I just remember what she did. She she would actually – because she was so poor. Like her family was so poor that they just could not afford to go to school or, you know – travel to school um or walk mm-hmm. to school and so my grandma would just kind of walk herself to the nearest school and she would like sit outside the window of a classroom and that's how she'd wow. how to, to read and write she would like look through the window see and just sort of like 
copy in the dirt like on the ground everything that they were like learning and try to learn like just a little bit of it that she could mm-hmm. like take with her and then she would just like like that was her enough study and then she would just like go on her go way practice. go practice wow. every day and so yeah and now it's like yeah so when I read that story I was just like wow that I'm sure I don't I'm sure my grandma knows maybe I don't know I wonder what her reaction would be I should when I talk to her next time I should ask her she heard yeah (laughs) it was such a great story and the photographs were the best part of these yes grandmas they like looking so happy we'll link that out yeah okay let's do that yeah it's such a great story if you haven't read it um what's your glisten it it's honestly it's never it's it's the wedding planning folks i can't (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i know you're all probably sick of me mentioning my this wedding planning but Oh. But little do you know, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Listeners are going to hear a lot more about. Oh my gosh, okay. I. Uh, I mean, okay. Here's the thing: the hard part is over in terms of we got the venue, we set the date, that is done. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> now it's it's now these like little itty bitty details, like the logistics. That I'm like trying to figure out and I'm building this I'm trying to not do um like paper invitations and things so I want to do all on a, a website thing so I'm like setting it all together and and every time I run into I'm like oh setting this up I'm like oh we need to figure out a question to this like you know how are we going to transport people or what is this you know like where, where are people going to stay like all that starts popping up and then like having to work through it it is oh it is so oh my gosh I I don't know yeah. it's like it's like this weird love hate thing like I'm like a type a person that I'm like oh this is like I want to like organize this and do this event planning and I'm like it's like I kind of get a weird high from it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then like I can't sleep I can't do anything else it's all I think about like it's stressful. did you ever out. think about just eloping yes that was my first <laughs> That was my first, like... Would your family be mad? Oh, my God. No. No, I don't think so. Ugh, I don't know. Now I don't even know what... Like, I thought I had an idea what they would want me to do. Or, like, now I just don't even know. Because every reaction I get from my family members is always so different. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, oh, I thought you could do this. Or, oh, no, we never would have thought that. You know, it's just... I'm like, what? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, eloping was the first first of my choice and then no don't do that though because i really want to come oh <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> well we already put a deposit down on this venue so it's happening and you're coming everyone's coming <laughs> oh my gosh oh my god yeah well that's a good glisten yeah it's it's gonna be my glisten probably up until i get married we've got a long wait people i know all right well all right. Well, tell us what you think about beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't already, remember to subscribe yes. and share the podcast. Yeah, we look at all these platforms we're on, Sarah. No, we are on Apple. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. I mean, there's too many. <laughs> too many platforms. Too many platforms. We're on all the ones you know and the ones you don't know. Yeah, yeah, we are. 
So feel free to reach out to us at Beckett's Babies. We're on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah. Well, that's about it. That's about Thanks it. Thanks so much for listening to us talk about beginnings. Yeah. Maybe in the future we'll talk about endings. Oh, like. And middles. Yeah. Who knows? I thought of something really sad. I was like, but I'm not going to think about that. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>